With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. We absolutely love giving you the show every single day, Monday through Friday, for free. But uh, it's not free to produce. And if you'd like to keep the show on the air, we ask for your support and become an EPP. When you become an EPP, you'll get more than 23 bonus episodes of the show to listen to. These are exclusive episodes that are only available to our EPPs with some of the best stories we've ever gotten on them. Please help keep Real Ghost Stories online on the air. And become an EPP today, an extra podcast person on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. It's only five bucks a month. You get all the extras and the knowledge that you're keeping this show going. Please and thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855 853 4802 or write in at real You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Today, could a presence in an abandoned asylum be attempting to protect a group of intruders from something sinister in one of the rooms? A family becomes lost in the Irish countryside, but a very helpful elderly man seems to appear in the nick of time. A young lady meets a friendly stranger in a dark alleyway as she's walking home, but an accidental encounter a week later with a medium reveals to her that there was much more to the stranger than meets the eye. And a listener and her husband promptly make reservations for dinner at the newest haunted restaurant. But does she get a side order of ghosts? Those stories, your calls, and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hi. I like my ghost with cheese and bacon. Just like your fries? Just a little extra cheese and bacon on the ghosts. (laughs) Okay. I, I'm interested to hear what that's all about. I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, I like haunted restaurants. Yeah. I wonder why restaurants, they do tend to be a fairly haunted location. Of, you know, just thinking of the, the stories that we get from all over the, the world, really. If you had to pick, you know, what are the top, you know, five type of places that are haunted, restaurants, I think, would be in there. They tend to be date places. You think of that? Okay, yeah. You mean like like going out on a date? Like dinner. Uh-huh. Movie. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know. Oh, 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 like in the, 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 the realm of all the haunted places, you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Yeah, they tend to be places where, I don't know, I just think of, oh, those are kind of date-like places. Sure. So I would think that there's a lot of emotion there. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. Huh. I wonder if there's something to that. Maybe the ghosts are trying to get in on some relationships here. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, interesting observation. Our phone number is 855-853-4802. Of course, you can also uh, write in through the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. And of course, if you want more ghost stories, well, become an EPP. Sign up on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. We'll uh, kick off our show today with a letter. And our uh, first letter that we'll go to will come to us from Gabrielle. And uh, Gabrielle writes in, a few of my friends and I are quite the creepy junkies. 
One night we found out that uh, there was an abandoned asylum one state over, so we decided to make the one-hour drive. When we got there, we realized it was uh, through the odd-looking privacy fence that runs behind the cinema. We had to be very sneaky to get back there because you'd get in trouble if they caught you. So we waited for a few minutes and then began to walk casually behind the cinema to find an opening. Once we found an opening, we quickly slipped in. We couldn't see a thing. However, after walking for about a half a mile, we finally found it. It was huge and had giant fences around it. There was barbed wire on top of those fences, so we knew there was no climbing over. We walked around the entire building until we finally found an opening where someone had cut the wire of the fence and rolled it back a little. We slipped in and began our adventure. We entered what seemed to be the front office. We searched and searched. We found rooms with beds still in them. Keep in mind that this place closed down in the 70s, I believe. It was started in the 40s. The beds had straps on them, shivers, and we found one room in the very back. We couldn't enter it, though, not because we didn't want to, but because we literally couldn't. Someone had spray-painted an upside-down cross on the door and a few other select drawings that were extremely creepy. Every time we opened the door, it would slam shut. Something did not want us in the particular room. So we began our journey back to the front office. As we were walking away, that one door opened and slammed on its own. So we did what any normal person would do. We ran. We were close to the front office and my friend said, Hey, you should record on your phone. So I did. Pulled out my phone and began to record. I shouldn't have because it was a mistake. Something did not like the fact that I pulled my phone out and was attempting to record them because a few minutes into recording, something slammed down right behind us, scaring the hell out of us. So we ran. Again, I didn't stop recording until we got outside of the fence. When we finally made it back to the car, one of my friends and I were watching the recording. We noticed something or someone very strange. In the video, as soon as the thing slammed behind us, you could tell I jumped. However, right before we started running, a face popped up right in front of my phone camera. It was very creepy, looking deformed face. When the face popped up, a loud, high-pitched ringing could be heard. However, we did not hear that with our own ears, only on the phone. I wish I still had that video, but my phone stopped working not long after I captured that video. Was it a coincidence, or did something absolutely not want us to have evidence of it or them? We will never know. Also, they finally demolished that place because people kept sneaking in. It sucks because we only went two times. The end. I think that it sounded like something wanted to scare you away. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. I may be totally off base, but I think it almost was trying to keep you from something. What do you think happens? Do you think that there's any control that the things have of the phone, of the video, of the fact that they captured it and then it it died shortly thereafter? I mean, that seems to be the running story we get a lot of times when someone says, and I pulled my phone out and got these amazing pictures or video or whatever here, uh, EVPs, and I'd love to send them to you, but uh, the story usually ends with the phone didn't work anymore or shortly thereafter it, it, it just stopped. I think there's something to that. I think, I don't know what it is, Mm -hmm. but I can't think that everybody's just like, well, I just don't want to send it. You know, I think that they're actually somehow losing that. And sometimes the phone dies altogether. Sure. 
It's just, it's, it's interesting. I mean, the skeptic's going to say, well, it's bullshit. They never had it to begin with. I think they had it. I, I think a lot of people have these things. And then, I, you know, it's, it's like taking some devices through highly magnetic areas, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, sometimes shortly thereafter, they start kind of shorting out. Or oh, here, here's a better example. When lightning strikes your house, mm-hmm. um, a lot of things will get completely fried at that moment in time and stop working. But you'll still have a lot of electronics that still work pretty well. Or without any noticeable change. But their lifespan is dramatically shortened. And usually within a year or two, if they were plugged in, they're going to short out or something and they're going to die. Yeah. I wonder if that's kind of the same sort of thing uh, with the electronic devices when something like that is captured. It's essentially, you know, it, it takes a hit. Maybe it doesn't kill it immediately. In some cases it does, but not always. And then there you go. I wonder if it's the entity somehow has to make contact with the camera for that to happen. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, not all times that something is caught on camera does the camera die. I'm wondering if it's just in those instances where the entity actually touches the camera somehow. It's interesting. It's it's very interesting. I'd be interested to hear how often a lot of uh, our ghost hunters that listen to this show have to replace equipment because of such phenomenon. Yeah. Or if there's any way to protect equipment. I don't know. I kind of doubt there's any way to protect it. But yeah. it'd be interesting to hear if there is. Our uh, phone number, 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost story with us. Brittany writes in, when I was younger, I, like many young girls, enjoyed playing with baby dolls, playing mom and pretend taking care of them. When I was little, my grandmother gave me an electronic talking baby doll. She had overalls and a yellow shirt and light blonde pigtails. If you pressed her hands, feet, or stomach, she'd say something like, Mommy, let's play house, or Mommy, will you play with me? I played with her a lot when I was little, but as I grew up and wasn't interested in baby dolls anymore, she found her way to sitting on a tall brown bookshelf in my room. I was about ten or so and had my best friend over that evening. We were playing Barbies in my room. Being girls, we were setting up the furniture and sorting out clothing for our Barbie dolls. We were playing right in front of the shelf that the doll was sitting on. We were always so creative in what kind of house or Barbies would have or how many pets they'd have. We were playing as we always did when we suddenly heard a voice that was neither of ours. We froze, looked at each other, realizing that the other had heard it too. Then we looked to the doll sitting on the shelf. Mommy, let's play house. We ran screaming from my room, completely freaked out. My parents were home at the time and were suddenly concerned as to why we were screaming. We told them what had just happened. Typical adults, they didn't believe us. It was just our imagination, they told us. Nothing to be afraid of. I was so traumatized by the event, I wanted nothing to do with the doll and had my mother go in my room and removed it. Otherwise, I would not sleep in my bed anymore. I remember staying up late that night and finally falling asleep with the light on in my room. I begged my mom to get rid of the doll. I was so scared by it, but she couldn't donate her since it was a gift to me from her mother, who at the time had passed a few years prior to the events that happened. So instead, she set her on a shelf in her room above her workspace. That's where she sat for months until she spoke again. Mom was getting reading to take a getting ready to take a shower. She had the water running and went to get her clothing from the dresser. When she walked past the doll, she finally realized my friend and I were in fact telling the truth. She said she was shocked and frightened by the voice. 
However, it was nice to know that we were not crazy. The doll has now been stored away in the closet in a box that is sealed tight. We've not had any more mysterious talking from the doll since then. I've been listening to your YouTube channel for the last few months. I've always been intrigued by spirits and ghosts, but I will not watch a horror film. Thanks for sharing my story along with so many others. It's nice to know that I'm not crazy, and there are others who've experienced unexplainable things. Keep up the good work. So is it something in the doll, or is it just a doll shorting out with age? I don't know. Um, It'd be interesting to hear, because they didn't really touch on what the doll used to say. Yeah. So, I don't know. What's your gut telling you on that one? I think if it's the only thing that's going on in the house that... It may just be just the doll shorting out. Mm-hmm. I hate to try and debunk anything, but it doesn't sound like anything else is really going on. This is a it. confirmed doll that did talk before, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. it's not just a plastic cabbage patch that suddenly decided to start saying mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but, you know, there was that sentimental attachment to it so to where they wouldn't get rid of it. So it makes me wonder if it's been in the family a long time. Sure. And if it's ever, you know shorted out or done anything weird before it'd be interesting to hear uh how the the motor on it if you will runs Mm -hmm. as far as if it's like an electronically triggered one if it's a because some of the really old ones they actually ran on little tiny records is what it was that actually played back Uh um and that was more so of a literally you know motion based you know pull the string and da 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 um if it's electronic, I'm, I'm more so in the shorting out end of things. Did they say the the origin of it in there? Well, it came from the grandmother who's passed on. It's probably pretty old. I don't know. My guess would be that it's old. I'm guessing so. We don't know that yeah, for sure. sure. And those discs ones, really, I mean, unless the string is pulled, there's no way for the thing to start. The energy's just not there to move it. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um... I don't know. That's a hard one. Hard one to know. Good old haunted doll stories. <laughs> Lock them up and bury them. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two. That's our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Z writes in. I have a few stories, but had rationalized them all away by uh, this point. But listening to your show has made me revisit some of these instances, especially the one regarding the mystery shadow I saw in New Orleans. I was about eight and with my parents on a trip to New Orleans. It was our last night there, and if memory serves me correctly, our lodgings were either directly next to or one door down from the Voodoo Museum. We had gone to visit the gravesite of Voodoo priestess Mary Laval a day or two before. Uh, Not sure if this has anything to do with anything, but uh, at the time, I subconsciously attributed what I saw in our room that night to these things. What I saw in our room before I went to sleep that night was the shadow of a male on the wall above the mantel. Looked like it was wearing a cape. Now, I'm remembering from the perspective of an eight-year-old, so I recognize that there could have been a reasonable explanation for the existence of this shadow. But I just didn't make sense to me. I must have been there for at least 20 minutes. I'd turn away, then look back over, and it would still be there. I just figured it was the shadow of a human coming in from the window somehow would have at least shifted at some point. The reason it stood out to me is because I couldn't figure out what the model of it could have been. 
I didn't see anyone standing outside, and my parents were in the bed next to mine, so it just didn't make any sense to me. I wasn't scared or anything, and after not being able to figure out the mystery, I just went to sleep. I didn't bother to tell my parents, because although I did believe in ghosts as a kid, the idea of shadow people was not anything I had a concept of. The reason I feel compelled to share this is because after listening to your show for so long, it's become clear that many of the shadow people stories speak of beings that are blacker than black. I don't recall this being the case with the one I saw. The only thing I remember sticking out to me is not being able to figure out who could be creating the shadow and why it was not moving. Other than that, I only recall it seeming like the regular shadow of the top part of a man who perhaps had on a cape given that I didn't see any uh, slivers of light where arms would or would have been or should have been. What do you think? I think I've heard one other listener speak of a weird regular black shadow. Do any others of them out there have similar stories? Love the show and thanks for sharing my story. I'll write in again. Cheers. Okay, this one really perplexes me because it could either be just something being projected up on the wall above the mantle that looks like that or it could be a shadow man with a cape which we have talked about before shadow people with capes yeah so that's that one's really hard to know especially if you know when z was eight and had probably never heard of shadow people probably never thought of it being anything more than just a shadow Mm -hmm. it's really hard to know I think shadow people come in all different shapes and sizes. That's original. No, I'm serious. Okay. I, I'm not I'm not being... I, I, there's no other way really to say it. Okay. Um, but what I mean by that is um, I think that there are... Uh, I don't think all things are shadow people that are dark. Like, and I don't mean dark as an evil. I mean, like, just dark... Blacker than fi- black? ...figure. I don't think they all have to be. Okay. I don't necessarily classify like the blacker than black apparition that people tend to see as a shadow person. That to me seems more of an apparition type thing. And to me, when I think shadow person, I literally think shadow on the ground, dark, but just like any other shadow, just it shouldn't be there. You know what I mean? Okay. Then you and I have completely different definitions of shadow people. Well, maybe they're two different versions of a shadow person. Okay, because I think me and probably most of our listeners are thinking shadow people are apparitions that are blacker than black, standing up, walking around. I think of them as as more so something that's like on the wall, on the ground, something where a shadow normally would be, but there's nothing there to project it. That's just kind of how I always think of shadow people. That's where I kind of go to their all shapes and sizes type thing. Okay. Where I think there's variance on it. There's there's those ones that do seem to almost come out of uh, the ground or the wall or wherever a shadow would be cast. And that, to me, kind of borders more so on entity and apparition than shadow person. Just me. Okay. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. You are. You Why? are. Because the past six months we've been talking about shadow people. Sure. And I think I and probably a good majority of our listeners that have been talking about shadow people are thinking of just a blacker than black being that sure. walks around that we see. It, it Not classifying it as a whole separate type of apparition. Shadow people are that. that I it, think they're all the shadow person spectrum. I think what you're talking about is just a random shadow on the ground. Mm-hmm. 
you're not talking about a shadow person. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you have we have shadow person stories, kind of like this, where they saw literally a shadow, as you would think of a normal shadow, on a wall. Okay. Okay? So that, to me, is also on the shadow person spectrum. I think they're all part of it. Okay. I think there's various types. That's where I think it's it's difficult to say shadow person without more definition to really get a good grasp on what the person is talking about. Okay, because see, it would be very hard if it were not at eye level Mm -hmm. and, you know, your child to differentiate between a 3D shadow Mm -hmm. person and an actual shadow. So that's why I classify it all as the same thing. Sure. But shadow people, as we've been talking about... yeah. I think they're all part of it. You're 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 wrong. <laughs> you are. Well, I, I I just think there's different types of shadow people. Okay, and I can think the sky's purple. Well, wh- I mean, why why could there not be different? There's types? different types of shadow people, but what you just said, you think of a shadow person mm-hmm. is is not what we've been. Well, discussing. I, I think they're different types. I think that I, I should say they. I believe they both are, but I think there's different types. Okay, that's that's how. When somebody says shadow person, I think it's good to define more so what type of shadow person it is. <laughs> how it, how descriptive can you get with the, a blacker than black oh no, mask? They, they did good. Okay. I'm not saying they didn't. I'm just saying in general. There's a limited amount of description you can give sure. on shadow people. Yeah. I know. I'm not criticizing the letter. I'm just I'm just saying how there's so many different types of shadow people. Like It's one of those things where you, when you first start talking about it, there seems to be one thing to the the definition but then the more stories you hear about it it's like okay well this sounds like it could be a shadow person that sounds like it could be a shadow person but they're both somewhat similar but both kind of different in their own ways yeah yeah i'm just talking about the various types that we've learned that exist okay well not not all humans are going to look the same so shadow people aren't exactly yeah and how they project themselves but just the shadow just on the ground is different than an upright walking shadow person. But what if you saw the apparition, uh, or not apparition, a, would you classify this as a shadow person? A shadow of a person on the ground or on the wall or whatever, moving. And this is, this looks like a normal shadow, but there's no person there to make it. Would that be a shadow person? Because we've heard of that before. Yeah. That's where... that's what I mean. It's another... It's not the blacker than black mass. Like this, what, what got me on it was because they describe this as not blacker than black. They describe this as looking like a fairly normal shadow. That, I, I think it would all be. I don't know. You've got me so confused now. <laughs> that's why I got onto it. Because the guy said that this didn't look like the darker than dark mass. Okay. See? Okay. Did you ever think you'd have this sort of conversation? You, you have a knack of getting me so confused to where I just give up, so it's fine. <laughs> that's how com- that's how most fights go with us. So, eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Daniel writes in. I'm sharing a story of an event that happened to me a few years back when I was at university. I live in England and was about nineteen or twenty when this happened. There are a couple of other things that happened in the shared house I had with my friends, but I'll start with my own experience first. It was about mid-morning one day when I woke up. It was bright and sunny. I checked my phone for the time, and it was roughly 10.30. I sat up, looked outside, and lay back down for a minute while I came around. 
The walls in the shared house were very thin, so you could hear people moving around in their own rooms in a lot of the time. This particular morning, I could hear my housemate next to me moving around her room, and then very gradually I noticed a second set of footsteps that seemed just slightly out of time with hers. As I began to notice this second set of footsteps, they became more and more pronounced, and I eventually realized they sounded as if they were in my room, not next door. My first thought was that someone had come to borrow something or to wake me up for some reason, as we were all close and would think nothing of doing this. I then remembered that I had locked my bedroom door the previous night, and so this really could not be the case. As I realized this and was about to sit up, the footsteps stopped at the bottom of my bed near my feet. I then felt paralyzed, unable to move or speak. This felt like it lasted a very long time. Somehow, I had the sense that if I could move or make a noise, the energy in the room would uh, disperse. But try as I might, I could not make any noise or even open my eyes a crack. I then felt this thing, whatever it was, place its hand either side of my legs and very, very slowly begin to climb in the bed over the top of me. I could not see anything or move, but I could feel the pressure of someone moving up my bed. Then, just as it would have been face to face with me, the presence left, the energy in the room dispersed, and I was able to move again. The strange thing with it all was that once this feeling had lifted, I was not afraid at all. I calmly dressed myself and went to find one of my housemates and tell them the story of what had happened to me. I, to this day, have not had a repeat of this experience, even though I did have another incident involving my bed in a different house later on. I won't add that story now. It's another long one. I don't know what in that room that day or why. I'm aware of sleep paralysis disorder, but I don't think it was necessarily that. As like I said, I did wake up, move around, and then close my eyes. Any thoughts you have on this would be really appreciated. Thank you for taking the time to read my story. Daniel. I think it was still possibly sleep paralysis. Even with the moving? Well, he got up and moved around, but then, you know, laid back down Mm -hmm. to kind of wake up. I almost wonder if he started to unknowingly drift back off to sleep. Ah. So instead of being as you're falling asleep at night, it's more of a as you're waking up and you're just not quite there yet. Sure. Kind of in reverse. Yeah. Because you do have to go through those states Mm -hmm. either way you're going. And it doesn't sound like it was a repeat occurrence at that location and it just was a one-time thing he alluded to something later on Mm -hmm. but it kind of sounds like it was a one-time deal and he couldn't move and it just it sounds a lot more like sleep paralysis which you and i are on different sides of the fence as to whether how paranormal that is i think there's aspects of it yeah I, i don't think every occurrence is paranormal but i think there that some are and see i I don't want to make Daniel think that we don't think that that's in the realm of paranormal. It's Mm -hmm. just, I think it still could be sleep paralysis. So do you think that if it was sleep paralysis, that there was uh, something paranormal going on with it? Or was it in this case? I do, because he heard the footsteps before he was unable to move. And that that for me is one of those things where it, it puts it more into a paranormal realm. If there's something that has occurred outside of the sleep paralysis, and then that occurs, and then you have something happen when you're in that state, 
if there's something that happens in a conscious state, you can tie in with it, then I think you got more of a case. Yeah. If it's just, I only had sleep paralysis, this happened, and nothing else ever happened again. That, it's hard to say, is 100% something paranormal. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I would agree on that one. Okay. Very interesting, interesting story. That's a horrible state to be in. It's not fun. <laughs> I'm sure it's not. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number. Laura writes in, first of all, I'm not sure that this is a ghost story. If you guys have an opinion, I'd like to hear it. This happened when my family was living in Ireland. We spent six months living in the south of Ireland in uh, County Cork when uh, I was 12. It's a really beautiful place and full of history. So when we had friends stay with us, we toured around about in our van sightseeing. My dad had heard there was a stone circle about half an hour's drive away from where we were staying, so we decided to visit it. My father, mother, younger brother, and baby sister and I all piled into our VW Combi van along with our visitors. Another New Zealand man and his Scottish girlfriend. We drove about half an hour and started seeing signs for the stone circle. Then the fun began. Now the roads and signage in this part of Ireland are notorious for being less than reliable, but even so, this went beyond the usual. There were plenty of signs directing us to the historical site, but even following them exactly, we seemed to be going around in circles. Just for fun, we did the opposite of what the sign said, and the same thing happened. This wasn't a ring road. It looked straightforward on the map, but we spent a good 40 minutes trying to find the place. My dad was getting pretty exasperated and finally half-jokingly said, I think we're being tricked. Everybody turn your jackets inside out. This might sound weird, but we knew he was referring to the story that wearing your clothing inside out prevents you from being tricked by little people. Knowing also that they don't like being talked about too directly, we all turned our jackets or sweaters inside out without saying a word. Immediately on the road in front of us, there was a little old man. Dad pulled the van over and asked for directions. He was almost a caricature of a little old man leaning on a walking stick, looking about a hundred years old. He seemed a little grumpy, but he pointed out the turnoff, which was in plain sight just ahead of us. My dad thanked him and wound up the window and pulled out onto the road. We all swiveled to look at the old man as we drove away, and he was gone. I mean, gone. This was in the middle of the countryside in Cork. No buildings, no trees even, just empty, stony fields and low stone walls. I guess it's conceivable that he could have thrown himself over one of those low stone walls and pressed himself against it in such a way that we couldn't see him, but it's hard to believe. Anyway, we found the stone circle about two minutes after that. Just drove straight there, no problem. It was a great sight, amazing to visit something so old, just sitting in a field as it was. And we went home happily. But no one had an explanation for what happened on our way there. What do you guys think? Well, I think it's probably a good chance that you saw something paranormal. Because how would he, you know, hobbled his way out in the middle of nowhere anyway? I don't imagine that he probably gets around too well. And then for him to just vanish, he wouldn't have hobbled away that fast either. Do you think changing or or putting the clothes inside out inside out helped make him more kindly or make him appear? Do you think that had anything to play into this? Like being the prevention of being tricked by leprechauns? Yeah. Do you think do you think he was a leprechaun? I have no idea. It's really hard to know. Very interesting story. Stone circles. Do you know much about stone circles? No. In my mind I imagine something kind of similar to Stonehenge. Mm-hmm. 
but other than that, I don't know anything. I, I, I believe, I, I could be completely wrong. I don't believe it. It looks like Stonehenge, but I think it's like in the family of Stonehenge, mm-hmm. if you will, as far as odd rock formations that have been there for quite a long time. I should Wikipedia it and learn more about it. But, sure. Um, I, I think it's somewhere in there. I'm sure someone will fill us in on it. But Interesting how they kind of kept going and going and going, and it was just a, a never-ending circle. Yeah. On straight roads. Mm-hmm. That's... Yeah. Ah, 855-853-4802 is our number. Denise writes in, Hi, Tony and Jenny. Love your show. I actually have two stories, but we'll write just one today. My ghost story was about 18 years ago, and uh, I'm uh, a uh, uh, courier. Uh, what no. is it? Uh, croppier? Do you know what this is? Croupier. What, what is that profession? A dealer. A dealer of, like, goods? or No, what? a dealer like at a casino. Oh, that's a word I've never heard before. Okay. I learned something new. Croppier. Croupier. Croppier by trade. Croupier. Croupier. Sorry, I'm not trying to say the word wrong. <laughs> I was working in a casino called uh, Nap- Napoleon's uh, in a place in London at the time. As I lived in Essex, uh, I would uh, stay at my friends during the week, who lived in London, and then go home uh, to my dad's at the weekends. I'd finished my week's work and was uh, on my way to my friends to stay the night and then go home to my dad's the following day. Usually when walking to my friends, I was very aware of my surroundings and who was also walking near me. As my friends' lives in Stockwell, London, uh, which can be a bit dodgy at night, uh, are unsafe. This particular night, I was very tired and just plain fed up, so I was not as alert as usual and paid no attention to others walking along. It was raining, so I had my umbrella up, and uh, all of a sudden I noticed a lady walking beside me. I turned to hear and saw that I turned to her and saw that she was only wearing a small summer top and skirt. So I said to her, Would you like to come under this? Referring to my umbrella. Wherever are you going? She turned to me and smiled, but her smile was like nothing I had ever known. Her smile filled me up with uh, like a glow and warmth from my head to my toes that felt godly or magical. That's the best I can explain it, really. Anyway, she walked a few more steps with me, smiled that smile again, and then just so suddenly she wasn't there. I was stunned and thought to myself, oh my God, she's fallen down a hole or something. So I looked all around and realized there was nowhere she could have fallen or hid or anything. She was just gone. Feeling extremely odd and stunned, I walked the rest of the way to my friend, Letty's. As I walked in the door, she said, my God, Denise, you look like you've seen a ghost. And I said, well, actually, Letty, I think I just have. Anyway, I told her what had just happened, and after a few glasses of wine, we decided that I was off my rocker, but meant no harm to anybody, so it didn't really matter. I went home to my dad's uh, home in Essex the following day, spent three days there, and then was back on the train, going back to London to work. On the train, as I'd only just learned to deal blackjack, I would practice adding up with a pack of cards and was totally oblivious to anyone else on the train. A lady who was sitting opposite me leant over towards me, put her hand next to my knee and said, You were being followed last week, but somebody saved you. I looked up at her and said, Oh, thank God for that. I thought I was losing my marbles. I truly believed that I was being followed that evening, and the lady who appeared beside me, ghost or angel, I'm not sure who she was, but whoever was following me saw me meet up with her and then stopped. I explained to the lady on the train what had happened to me and 
the week before. We started chatting, and she explained that she was in fact a medium. I had never seen her before in my life, so she could not possibly have known what I had experienced. But she believed that an angel had saved me. What do you think? Angel? Ghost? Kind regards, Denise. I think that makes perfect sense. That the stranger you met was there in the the alleyway or whatever, and you got such a overwhelmingly positive, warm feeling, and then she probably just disappeared once you were no longer being followed, once that person was a safe distance away and, and going to do something else. It's interesting, I mean, that they had such an experience where they felt such a positive vibe, mm-hmm. you know, that, that that we don't hear very often. No. When, when something like this happens. Usually it's something where it's like, oh, it just kind of led me off path or distracted me. And then I, later I realized, oh, what the hell? Um, to have that, that feeling, um, I, I would obviously go with something very positive was happening there. I, I wonder, did, I want to ask, did, did the image and the, the person you saw, did it uh, remind you of anyone? Did it look like anyone you knew or know or look at old pictures? See, I'm wondering if it's one of those where it's like a great relative that you may have never met that's oh. kind of your, your watcher over. Yeah, or it could be somebody who had been a victim herself right there in that sure. alleyway, just uh, trying to keep that from happening again. Sure. Do you think something like that, that that can exude the extreme positive energy towards someone, can also flip around to the thing that's stalking and be just that same way but negative, like flip the energy back and forth to, I don't to know. scare? Or maybe like positivity is the only way that it can function. And so it has to use it in its certain path for it to work to, to help people. Mm, I think that particular spirit was probably just a positive spirit, and that's it. Yeah. It's an interesting one. Thanks for uh, for writing in and sharing that with us. Our phone number is 855-853-4802 if you'd like to share your real ghost story with us. Catherine writes in, On Halloween, I saw a local headline outlining a haunting in a neighboring county. I called, made a reservation to this vineyard with a mill nearby, which the story was detailing. After we had pizza and tea, we ventured to the mill and a creek with a beautiful water waterfall. I started taking pictures with my phone camera, totally fascinated with the beautiful original mill. When we got back to the car, I was exhausted. My husband drove us home, and I quickly fell asleep in the passenger seat. Very unusual for me. Later that night, I started looking at the pictures. I had snapped and noticed the faint outline of a specter. The more I looked through the pictures, I found two faces peering out from behind a tree just beside the mill. The faces are so clear, and they're spooky as hell. My curiosity had gotten the best of me, so about a month later, we revisited the mill. This time, I just had to open my big mouth and talk to these spirits and snapped a couple more pictures. This time, when I looked over the pictures, to my surprise, two heads were photographed. Just head and neck coming out of the ground. The worst part of these pictures was realizing that they were reacting to me. The one that chose the clearest was making a kissy face. Again, I left exhausted and fell asleep with my husband driving. Jenny, I assume that I am an empath, There have been several experiences that have physically drained me to exhaustion. I've not been back for fear that one of them would attach. I have all these pictures and can share if you'd like. I'm an EPP and love hearing. I'm not alone in my experiences. 
I think that might be possible that you're an empath, especially if you find yourself being drained by certain experiences. That particular case, I think they were using you as a battery to manifest. Yeah, I would agree. I would I would completely agree with that. I really have nothing more to add. Okay. But I think you're you're right on with that. <laughs> um, 855-853-4802 is our number. Tony writes in, Hi, Tony and Jenny. I have a particularly unusual story to tell. I'm sure you'll agree. The story takes place around 2006 when I was making my way downstairs of my home in uh, he, uh, Hereford. Did I say that right? He Hereford? I don't know. It looks like Hereford to me, but I don't think it is. Okay. I'm going to say Hereford because that's the phonetical line. Hereford? 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 I have... It looks like Hereford. Anyway. He-re-ford. Okay. Yeah. In England at about 6.30 a.m., just as I was approaching the bottom five steps, a figure of a young man appeared to me at the bottom of the stairs. He was very distinct, clear, and solid, and I have a perfect image of the event in my memory still. He was wearing a hoodie with a logo and pockets on the front. The hood was up, but his face and hair were perfectly defined. He appeared to be between 15 to 19 years of age and quite good-looking. His hair was curly, but uh, gelled into spikes which protruded from the front of the hood. In short, he could have been of that time considering the fashion. The only odd thing was that he appeared to be illuminated by a gold light which altered the colors of his clothing to gray and blues. Wherever he was, there was gravity. He did not float as other ghosts are reported to do. He reached up and grasped the handrail to my right and proceeded to pull himself up. This was labored for him as he was trying to avoid me while mounting the stairs. At that same moment, we made eye contact. He was looking me straight in the eye as I returned the look. He seemed to crouch away from me as he continued to climb the stairs. As we passed one another, I felt our elbows brushed together or passed through each other. My first thought wasn't what you might expect. It was, wow, then I wonder who was, who was, whose ghost? And strangely, I continued on my way without a backward glance. My partner and I are experienced dowsers, and years later I asked her to try to ascertain the spirit's identity, and this is where it gets really strange. He's a blood relative of mine from the future, who hasn't been born yet. He's going to be my daughter's son. This might explain why, although weary of me, the spirit still continued up the stairs, as though he knew the meeting was going to take at some point. Though dowsing, uh, through, through dowsing, uh, I can now make a sense of the many spirit encounters I've had throughout my life, and as a result, I now know why they happen and continue to happen almost daily. It may surprise you to learn that many encounters happen because the spirit world wants to make us aware of them and are teaching us about them, ourselves, and our purpose of being uh, incarnate. We'll write soon, and more stories, as I'm a historical reenactor, and I've been privileged to spend weekends in castles and battlefields throughout England and Wales. Lots of ghosts. You know, nothing surprises me anymore. This, I mean, we've kind of had a story similar where a man was a boy, and he was lost in a snowstorm trying to get to town to get a doctor, and Mm -hmm. somebody appeared to him, and what he later learned was like, 1920s war pilot attire which was completely out of place for at the time Um, and they made the connection that that was his grandson or his son Uh later on so I kind of have heard of this before you too and so 
I'm wondering exactly what you were wondering. Who is whose ghost? Yeah. If there's some kind of weird time wrinkle going on to where they are either sensing you from the past or you're seeing them from the future or what's going on. Here's an interesting thought. Okay. You ready? What? Nothing. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, what if um, some ghosts have to essentially step in and guide us on a certain path so that they may exist as humans in the future? Okay. Kind of like back to the future stuff. Are we back to back to the future? I wasn't really going there, but I, I guess kind of, if, okay. if you think of it that way, where it's like, where this one, it was a a future son mm-hmm. or a grandson, if you will, right? Is that yeah? It's grandson. Yeah. Um, that in order for that to all take place, for that person to come about, um, this spirit that's out there has to make sure all the stars align, if you will, or the people align in a certain place and time and this and that for that to happen, and they know when this needs to happen uh, for them to come about. And they have to essentially help mold the time to get it there. I don't know. It's I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, could be. Interesting thought on it. Uh, let's go to Anonymous. Uh, they write, and I just moved into a house by myself. It was actually a large investment property I was renting from my parents during college. This happened about a month or so after I settled in. It was early in the morning, and I was in bed with my five dogs. One of my dogs, lying at the foot of the bed, started growing really nasty. and The fur all down her back was standing up. I thought maybe she had just heard some neighbors outside leaving for work or something, and I uh, shoved her with my foot and told her to be quiet. The door to my bedroom was open, and my room was facing a hallway that ran between the guest room and the office. I was awake now and looking out the door. That was when a tall man walked out of the guest room and into the hallway. He was wearing all black, with a black hat and gray skin. He stopped in the center of the hallway and made eye contact with me. His eyes were just two glowing points of white light. I wasn't wearing any clothes and being so solidly stared at, my first instinct was to throw the blankets over myself to cover up. That was when all five of my dogs exploded with barking and drove off the bed to go after the man. The man was unfazed and simply turned and calmly continued down the hall. I jumped out of bed and rushed to the master bathroom to get dressed. I was so scared, I was shaking, trying to rationalize what was just happening. I knew my dad was due to come over later that morning, so in a shaky voice, I called out for my dad, asking if he was there and if that was him. Obviously, it didn't look anything like my dad, but I was trying so hard to find a logical explanation. I was actually most afraid it was really an intruder. But strangely, I didn't hear my dogs making a ruckus anymore. I went to the hallway to investigate and found my dogs circling around the spot where the man had been standing. They were quiet now, but looked nervous and confused and sniffing the floor. I checked both the guest room, where he had walked out from, and the office, where he walked off into. The doors to both rooms were closed, the guest room window was locked, and the office window was both locked and blocked by a desk, so there was no easy escape. There were basically no signs of a human intruder. I was shaken for the rest of the day. I had plans to drive downtown that afternoon, but took the incident as a bad omen and stayed inside, canceling my plans. I would have finally convinced myself I was dreaming or hallucinating if all my dogs hadn't seen it too. 
The house was newer, it was newer and had no bad history, no deaths on the property. I don't think that being an actual human ghost, it felt malicious, and I think it meant harm. A string of bad luck and tragedy followed that. I don't know what if it was a coincidence or not. I lived in that house for two years, and nothing paranormal ever happened after that. But I always was afraid to come back. I slept with my bedroom door closed from that point forward, thinking that if it did come back, I would just rather not see it. Every once in a while, my dog would growl from the foot of the bed again, but nothing would happen. You can't argue with the dogs. When they see something, that's just kind of... There's no argument with that. Yeah, it's like the canary in the... uh, the coal mine mm-hmm. it's pretty much if the animals what is really perplexing is the cases when the people are saying things and the dogs aren't doing anything yeah like what is going on here and I don't discount that is not having something going on it's no. just when the dog sees it too there's absolutely no doubt yeah uh, and it, it makes me wonder when the dogs are not seeing it what type of entity it is and what sort of power it actually has to prevent it from being seen by a, a dog sure. or an animal because they seem to pick up on almost anything. Mm-hmm. You know? Very interesting. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. If you'd like to share a real ghost story with us, let's go to this one. Hi. Hey guys, this is Sam. I'm from Oklahoma, but military's got me living in New Mexico at the moment. But uh, I wanted to share a story that my dad's been telling me and you know my brother and sister since we were little kids. And because Tony really wants to hear it, I'm going to change the names to pet names. Um, so my dad's story starts when he was like 13 years old. Um, let's call my dad Fluffy. Fluffy was into church, like a real he into church at the time. And he'd go to all the weekly services with his grandfather, who was a deacon. Um, we'll call him Grandpa Spot. Uh, Fluffy was encouraged by Grandpa Spot to keep up his Bible studies. So... Um, Fluffy wanted to be a preacher when he grew up. Uh, Fluffy would memorize Bible verses from his Sunday school, and he'd help Grandpa Spot set up on Wednesday nights for services and stuff. And, uh, well, one day after church, Grandpa Spot dropped Fluffy off at home after church, and Fluffy went to his room that he shared with, uh, say, my Uncle Bingo. And he changed his Sunday school clothes, and he laid down on his bed for a while to, you know, read his Bible verses and whatnot. And um, he said that after a while, he began hearing these scratching sounds. And um, now he says that he and his brothers, which he was the oldest of four, had pet rabbits in a hutch that was just outside his bedroom wall between the two windows that were in his room. Um, so if you could look out the window, you would see the rabbit down on the ground in this hutch. And they would scratch against the house sometimes because it was basically the roof of the hutch, you know, was it was just, you know, rabbit wire or whatever, and it was built, or chicken wire, I guess it's called, but it was built right against the house so they could scratch on the side. And so he ignored it, you know, thinking that it was a rabbit. But the sound didn't stop, and it seemed to grow louder and louder over time, so... Fluffy kneeled on his bed, and he looked out the window, you know, thinking something might be wrong with the rabbits or maybe a dog or something out there. And So he looks out the window, and he notices that all the rabbits are piled up like they, you know, animals seem to do, and were asleep. <laughs> so that's when Fluffy, you know, seemed, he heard the sound again, and that it seemed to be coming from behind him now that he was paying attention and not reading. So he turns around, and he looks for the sound, and that's when he saw... 
the hand. There was a hand crawling across the floor uh, from the direction of his closet towards him. So, like you said, it wasn't ghoulish, and it wasn't, like, bloody or transparent or anything like that. It was more like Adam's family, you know, but not standing upright like the one, you know, it does. It was laying down on the floor, pulling itself along by its fingernails, and that's what the scratching sound was. So, Fluffy says that at this point he stood up in his bed, opened his window, and climbed out because he was not willing to get anywhere near that thing because it was a small bedroom, you know, with a dresser and two twin beds for him and his brother, and he was not getting anywhere near that thing to where it might be able to touch him as he bolted out the door, so he went out the window. Dropped down next on the ground next to the rabbit and runs around the house to tell my grandmother that that's all her grandma sprinkles to tell her that there was a hand in his room. And she goes in, she looks for the hand in his room, um, you know, looks around and goes, you're crazy, there's nothing there. Uh, he refused to go back in the room. My grandpa comes home, not, not the grandpa that he went to church with, but, you know, my grandpa, so my father's fluffy's dad, comes home and, you know, they tell him the story and he doesn't believe him either and actually locks Fluffy in his bedroom for the remainder of the night. So Fluffy jumps out the window again and runs to Grandpa Spot's house. He tells my Grandpa Spot what happened, and Grandpa Spot takes him to see the preacher. The preacher of their church then tells Fluffy that he needs to um, take his Bible, go in the room, and invoke the name of Christ and challenge the devil to get out of his house. Uh, Fluffy does not do this. He's 13. He does not do this. As a matter of fact, he stays out of his room as much as humanly possible, won't go in there by himself. And to this day, my Fluffy is now 60 years old, and he will not open a Bible alone in a room to this day by himself. So that's the story my dad used to tell me, so that's the one I grew up with. I have a couple others that happened to me, but I share that one because it was, it's the one that still haunts my dreams <laughs> as an adult, and I'm 35. So um, anyway, I love you guys' show. It just became an EPP recently, and I... Um, I really love your stuff. Anyway, y'all keep up the good work, and bye. Seems like the church at one time was much more open to uh, telling people to go and exercise the demons themselves. Yeah. Well, you got to try what you got to try first yeah. before they'll actually get involved. Yeah. Very interesting. I say bravo for uh, for Fluffy and Spot and, uh, and, and keeping the name straight. Yeah. That, that made the telling of the story that much more difficult for her. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Are you surprised? Uh, no, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Good job. Thank you for uh, for reading it uh, with animal names. That was fun. I was actually kind of expecting someone to just like write in, you know, with oh, the names sure. changed. I wasn't expecting an actual call with the names changed in the call itself. That was even better. Yes, that really, that made it even better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Somebody just like catches that story midway through, they're going to be very confused <laughs> as to what's going on here. So thanks for calling in. Thanks for the letters today. Our phone number 855-853-4802. If you like the show, please support it. Become an EPP. You can sign up to do that on our website, Real Ghost Story. Online.com. It's only five bucks a month. You get all the bonus episodes, 27 in total right now. And of course, brand new EPP bonus episodes every single week. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. 
with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.